heaven in holy stillness and in quietness. Have we assembled in thy house of worship and would come before thee now in prayer, would invite thee that thou wouldst come in our midst and be our teacher. We open our hearts unto thy word and unto thy spirit, O Lord. Speak unto us. We promise, O Lord, to listen to thee and to obey thee. Father, thy servants have nothing to bring before thee except their great need also. We would ask thee, Lord, open thy word now where we all have need of it. Lord, it is bread from heaven. It is the living water, the living fountain that flows and invites all those that are hungering and thirsting to drink to the fullness. Teach us out of the same. Give each one of us, Father, of that which comes from heaven above. In Jesus' name. The Lord heard our prayers that we unitedly offered up to him and did not even leave a choice to me which chapter to choose. There's no two or three chapters before me, only one this morning. Let us take that word and read it for the basis of our meditation, and we find the same in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself conceived strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in multitude 
and as the sand which is by the sea shore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph in worship, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather the suffering and affliction, and affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he, end he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed to the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, saying, do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell, after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed, violent, uh, valiant in the fight, turned the flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting the deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trials of cruel mockings and scourging, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, 
were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they might out that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a great with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run the race, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I've also read the first verse of chapter 12. Chapter and what more appropriate hymn we could sing but hymn one. Brothers and sisters and friends, the 40 chapters out of the, the 40 verses out of chapter 11 and one verse out of chapter 12 is very familiar to all of us. I believe that with all my heart. I know it was a little long reading, but I'd rather read a little more and have a little shorter meditation. I've never made a mistake reading the Word of God, but I have made mistakes in my meditation. The 11th chapter of Hebrews is normally referred to as the chapter of the fathers of faith. You're not going to hear, I believe, anything this morning that you haven't heard before, especially for those of you that have heard me preach before. There's very few of you here that haven't. The Word of God sometimes becomes dry to us, and we like to have interesting stories associated with it, and sometimes mankind even would like to go as far, and I hope and pray it never comes this far in our midst, that we mix entertainment with the word. The two don't go together. And besides that, don't expect it from me. I don't get paid as an entertainer. I'm not an entertainer. You're going to hear that which you have heard often before. And the only way that I believe in the few years that I've walked in the faith in the last 30-some years, if we want the results of God's word, we need to preach. The res we need to preach God's word. If we want the result of God's word, we need to read God's word. That is the only way we're going to get it. And if we start mixing it, we will start receiving mixed results. And they're not acceptable to God. The 11th chapter tells us that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you ask someone, what is faith? Most people can repeat that first verse. But what is faith in action? What is saving faith? What is faith pleasing to God? Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith you cannot please God. And you're saying already now, Brother Mike, I have heard that from you for the last 10 or 12 years. Let me tell you something. If God gives another 10 or 12 years to me, if he leaves me where he's at, if he doesn't return, and you've heard a lot of ifs, pray for me that you might hear it again. 
make no mistake about it. Without faith, God says, you cannot please God. And then it goes on and tells us how the fathers of faith pleased God, each one of them, a different act of faith it took to please God. Abel was the first one that offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And God left Abel not alone. He gave him a witness that he was righteous, testifying of his gifts, and by faith, being dead, yet he speaketh. Abel was the first casualty that knew death. Abel was the first human being that died, and Abel's works yet speak. This morning, we are being reminded of Abel because Abel was a believer. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because he had, before he was translated, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. My dear brother and my dear sister, do not become a man pleaser. And I will apply this word to myself first. Then to the brothers that are up here and to the brothers in the first bench and on down to the Sunday school teachers, to the mothers and to the fathers and children and my friends outside of the fold of Jesus Christ understand us. It is required of us by God not to become man-pleasers. Though pleasing it would be to me if I could please you, but I stand in jeopardy before God if I have become a man-pleaser. The time will come when the translation will take place, when I will be changed in a twinkling of a lie. And if I am not pleasing God by faith, I will miss that translation. And that translation. And then it goes on in the sixth verse. For a long time I could not understand. What is this sixth verse doing in here? But without faith it is impossible to please him. Make no mistake. Unless we have faith, there is no way we can please God. In my early ministry and in the service of God, believe me, I open my heart to you and pour it out to you. I was torn. This is the way we do it in Hungary. This is the way we do it in Yugoslavia. This is the way the Germans do it. This is the way the Americans do it. This is the way we do it in Mansfield. This is the way we do it in Kitchener. Which way are we going to do it? How are we going to stand before God? Chapter, verse 6 doesn't tell us of any of these things that I have mentioned. Hey, it puts us all on an equal basis. Without faith, you cannot please God. My loved ones, in my counseling, I always go to this verse. And there are three F's, if you will remember them. And you've heard me say them over and over. Let me repeat it again this morning. Fact faith, and feeling. Don't get them mixed up. Don't put them one ahead of the other one. Take them in the order that I've said them. And they're in the Bible, and they're in Him 102. The first thing that you must have is a fact. 
And that is all contained here in this verse. The first thing God says, without faith it is impossible to please him. Fact number one is that you must believe that he is. And there are no further explanation, no further requirements, my friend, outside of the fold of Jesus Christ. You must believe that God is. And if you have that this morning, step one in becoming a believer has been accomplished. Step two is that you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. My dear friends, outside of the fold of Jesus Christ, God cannot accept half-heartedness. No more than your body can function with half of your heart. Veins and arteries being clogged. How do you perform? You need a bypass operation, we say today. God wants all of it or nothing. Now, my loved ones, what is faith in action? By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things as not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Noah didn't work for the righteousness. He inherited it. He became an heir. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that he worked 120 years in building an ark. God has set a day to Noah. He gave him days, months, and years. And he gave him 120 years. And then it was going to rain. And the 121st day, it was too late. My loved ones, what does God have today for us? Did God say to any of you that you have 120 years? Not one of you sitting here. How do you know that you still have time five years down the road, ten years down the road? Who told you that you have time? I remember Florina and I going and visiting some old people in Mansfield that their parents came to our church. They had forsaken our church. They were never, never became believers. As children, they attended our church. And we spoke to them and spoke to them about their soul salvation. And they said, Mike, we know, we're not going to come to church with you now, but we know God has told us that we have still time yet. We will yet be baptized in your church. That's where we belong. That's where we need to be. That's where we want to be. I says, when are you going to come to church? Well, not now. I says, if you don't come now, the word of God does not promise you that later date that you have is from the adversary of your soul. He says, oh, no, no, I know better than that. My loved ones, how can we tell the spirit of God and the spirit of evil apart when he comes to your heart? There is no way in my 35 years in faith that when he came to me that I could say, this is the spirit of God, beyond a shadow of a doubt I know, and this is the devil. There is no way. They're both spirits. You can know that only by the word that the Holy Spirit inspired. If the Spirit that comes to you says to you the same as the Word says, that is the Spirit of God. And if a Spirit comes to you at your heart and offers you anything and it is not found in the Word of God, that is the Spirit of evil, that is the Spirit of the devil. 
And the Spirit of God does not say for you that you have time, because it is contrary to the Word of God. The Word of God says, Today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. And today, while you're called, you need to answer the call. And let me remind you of something. If today you're called, the first time today, part of the day is gone already. It's gone. It will not come back. You've only got guarantee for today. This is what the Word of God says. And let me tell you the outcome of this couple. They both died without having set foot in the church. One of them went to the hospital, never made it out of the hospital. The other one was sitting up in the chair. And they were, one of them was sitting up in the chair the day we visited them. They could not go to bed anymore because their heart was not working properly anymore. They could not lay down. They could not breathe. Without faith it is impossible to please God. You must come to God must believe that he is and rewarded and then the challenge is to seek him. You must believe it with all your heart. My loved ones, where do you get this faith from then? If it's a must to have, can you get it from your father? Can you get it from your believing mother? I tell you, if it would work, there would not be one unbeliever sitting here this morning. Your mom and dad would have seen to it that they gave it to you. Read their will. They haven't got it in their will to make you a believer. It doesn't work. There's no attorney that put it in the will. Can you work for it? Every mother and every father would be working and working around the clock if it could be worked out for you. My dear children, your mother and father would want you to be a believer. They would be working day and night. But you see, it don't happen that way. The Word of God says, Romans 10, 17, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Faith comes to you. And where do you hear the Word of God? Preached right here in church. And brothers, those of us that are teachers, ministers, and elders, let us preach nothing else but the Word of God. That is the only thing that will bring godly, godly results. And I believe there's been too much too much emphasis on other activities and on other things, and therefore we do not have godly results because we do not preach the pure word of God. You must start coming to church. I have never, never ever seen a man or a woman that were saved and believed and died as believers without going to church. And that's not my way. That's the Bible's way. Repent and convert. That is the spiritual ark that God wants you to build this morning. And Noah built the ark according to God's specification. My loved ones, if you are told by your servants, my dear fathers and my dear mothers, just before I left Mansfield, I had an hour-long conversation with a sister that thought that her dear child was just not treated right by the servants of God. There was too much asked. What was it? What is it? Well, there were just some things that did not fit on the ark that were according to God's specification. 
Be thankful if you have servants that tell your children your son and your daughter is not completely converted. Be thankful if you have servants like that. Because the day might come when they will just take him in as they are. And when the day comes that Jesus Christ will return and you and I will be called before his judgment seat, will our ark be according to the specification of God? Will it be our own thinking? Will it be our own adding or subtraction? There's only one ark that floated when Noah entered into the ark, and that was Noah's, and it was built according to the specification of God. The only thing that will stand before God when that moment comes when the last trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise, and in a twinkling of an eye, those of us that are alive will join those that are dead and will be with Jesus Christ. And the only ones are the ones that will be with him, that have repented, converted, are in the church, and are walking faithfully, working in a vineyard of God. My loved ones, fact, faith, feeling. Fact is, there is a God. Faith is, you got to place your faith in the fact, in God. And you show your faith by, according to what we have read, that you obey and trust God. Each one of these faithful fathers of old and faithful women of old we have also read, each one of them could have doubted God, and at times they were discouraged, at times they stayed behind. God in His loving kindness reached under the arms. And my dear believing father and mother, my dear brother and my dear sister, if this morning you need the encouragement that God wants to reach under your arms, you've come to the right place. Oh, that God might take this morning the most discouraged brother and the most discouraged sister, the sickest, the one that is furthest away, and reach under your arms and carry you like at times he did Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hymn 102 has also these three facts in there. My faith gives peace and rest to me and leads me heavenward to thee, O Christ, my faith's foundation. Peace is the next one, and that is a feeling. If you take first the fact God, place your faith in the fact in God, you will eventually receive peace. Therefore, in being justified by faith, we have peace with God. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 5.1. You come into the right standing by faith. Faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. You're going to hear. And I stand in confidence that you will hear here in Kitchener. Repent and be converted. And if you repent and convert, you'll finally come into the right standing. And that is peace with God. That is feeling. Don't get them mixed up. Take them in that order. Because your faith is based on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Then all ask for true, all you have to ask for anymore is give me true constancy that naught may take away from me this heavenly consolation. Impress thou deeply on my soul what depth of grace has made me whole. Don't forget. Don't forget constancy. And don't forget it is the grace of God. My loved ones, where else can we go 
to hear what we have heard and read this morning. How often do you read the Bible? When was it the last time you read this? This chapter. Are you discouraged? Read it. Are you downhearted? Read it. What is your problem this morning? Whatever it is, and I say whatever it is, read the Bible and see if it will not make a difference. See if it will not make a difference. I've said recently in Mansfield, just think how simple it would be. Let me take this to Kitchener now. If we could get every person in the city of Kitchener read one chapter a day, what do you think Kitchener would be like the next time I come back? In six months from now. What are the local headlines this morning in the paper in Kitchener? I haven't seen it, not interested in it. But I'll tell you that if your mayor and your city council and your neighbors and you would read one chapter a day in one in six months from today, your newspaper even would look different. My dear brother, my dear sister, and my dear friend, do you read the Bible? Do you have time to read the Bible? Moses. Do you have time for pleasure? Do you have time for the fun? We have time. Do we have time to read the Bible? Moses made a choice. He looked on one side the pleasures of Egypt, on the other side the suffering of God's people. And he chose the suffering of God's people and rejected the pleasures of Egypt. My loved ones, especially young people, how long does it take to play a game of golf? When was the last time you played? How many hours have you spent on television? How many hours have you played have you played ball this past week? How many hours did you spend lifting weights and running? How many hours have you spent reading the Word of God? How many hours have you spent in pleasure? I've never been at a bedside of a loved one, believers or unbelievers, that said to me, I'm so thankful for the perfection that I achieved in playing golf. I think you'll ever see. My loved ones, when we read the Bible, God speaks to us. Do you have time for God to speak to you? You have no time? Not till 11 o'clock in the evening? And then you probably fall asleep and you're tired. You go to the next day. Is that possible? <coughs> Search yourself. My loved ones, Jeremiah of old cried out. God told him to cry in Jeremiah 2.13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed them cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. Think of that for a moment. 
to go back to my backyard. Let me describe a little bit to you a fountain of living water and a hewed out cistern. Two years ago, our well went dry. We called a man in to drill us a new well at 102 feet. He hit an underground river in a Titian well and 24,000 gallons in 24 hours, 1,000 gallons an hour, come to the top and run into the creek. Beautiful, clear, clean water. But the man that drilled it says you're not allowed to drink it. It's against the law. We need to check it for surface water. 102 feet cost $12 a foot to drill. Six for the casing, six for drilling. I says, can't you go halfway down with the casing, the other half leave it? That's how they used to do it. He says, Mr. Bauman, it's against the law in the state of Ohio to drink surface water. The casing has to go down to the depth where we hit water. My loved one, a cistern, you sit down with a chisel and with a hammer and you chisel and you chisel stone to stone and you throw it out day after day, day after day. And when you get to the bottom, you may find there's a cracked stone and you can go deep and deep you want that stone has a crack that's what israel that's what god compared to what israel did and i'm wondering are you doing this this morning instead of reading the word of god the surface water runs into a cistern off of the roof off of where the walking pathways where the animals walk where everything animal residue dead things get wet they run into the cistern the water runs out of that that stays what little bit is left. Would you drink that instead of coming to the fountain of living water? In the state of Ohio, it's against the law to drink that water. My loved ones, what are we drinking spiritually this morning? Are we sitting with the chisel and chiseling until midnight in front of the tube only to get the residue, the scum, that the world left behind and entertain ourselves and then go to bed and expect spiritual results. Don't be foolish. God calls it evil if we have forsaken the fountain of living water. My loved ones, whenever I read this chapter, there's been an impression made upon me that I don't remember when it was started, but I've never forgotten it. And I'd like to close with it in two languages. The word Christian in Christianity is very misused today. But something that our forefathers had, and even, maybe it's not impressed upon me deeply, maybe I didn't learn it in time, it does not sound as deep in the English as it does in German and in Serbian. The Germans said, Kloibik. That's where it comes from. I don't know Serbian. But I remember enough for my father and mother, Veron, Verni, believer, believers. Are you believers?